Welcome to Retro Wars, where each week me and a friend talk about the video games we used to play back when we were kids. And this is episode 33, and we're talking Duke Nukem 64 for the N64. Hello, my name is Daniel Carroll, and this week I'm joined by Mr. Daniel Coles. He is back again, and once again giving me a game that... Meh, meh, meh. I can already hear people going, oh my god, no, Duke is great. Bear in mind, this is the first time I ever played a Duke Nukem game. I'd never played one prior to this. And I give it a go. I do. I did really give this a real go because well, I don't just want to YouTube it. That, that's not the point of the show. If I don't haven't played a game before, I go out and find it. So I did give it a good go, and I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to my views. Me and Dan are going to be talking about about this. Now, if you are new to the show and you've not been here before, I hope you're all well. And we probably skip about half an hour. Because I do a bit of an intro first, we go through some little bits of news, some games, and stuff before we get to the main chat. So if you want to go Duke Nukem, just go about half an hour or before my voice breaks, one of the two, whichever comes first. So first of all, I've just got to go get the plugs out. Yes, yes, we have to get these out. Unfortunately, they're not going away. If you want to support the show, there are two ways you can do it. You can go over wherever you're listening now and give it a review, give it a five-star review. It helps share the show, get it out there so more people can join in and get involved. Another way you can help the show is over on Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com forward slash and for $1.50 Australian, you get access to your own show, which is called DLC, which comes out every two weeks. And as a little bit of a sneak peek, I'll let you see what we've been recently doing. And it's episode 10, and it's the recent Nintendo Direct, which Nintendo did in September. So it's like, hmm, that's going to be intriguing. I think the main thing people are going to be asking from this trailer is, hang on, two things. One, what characters are going to be revealed? Because there's been a whole list of games from Fire Emblem, and I can imagine a lot of people are going to be like, oh, where's this character? Where's this character? Where's this character? Because you could. They said Fire Emblem has such a big history, and it's a way to try and introduce people to old Fire Emblem games they may not have played. Plus, the other second question is going to be, when Smash Brothers on the way? Because if there's a new Fire Emblem, there must be a new Smash Brothers at some point. Because you can guarantee, if the new Smash Brothers did come out, this character is front, line and centre. It is. It's going to be. And that was DLC Episode 10 and me covering the recent Nintendo Direct. Now, what else do you get for your money? We well, get access to your own Discord. We're hoping to build our own little community where we can chat about absolutely anything we want to. You get a chance to message me one-on-one. You can vote at our Patreon polls. You can take part in 16 bits of nonsense, revive or die, DLC, or comment on our game of the week. And you can challenge me in a bit of Pokemon and Street Fighter V. And eventually, that's going to be Street Fighter VI and another game which is coming, which we will be mentioning further on down the track. And that is it. Oh, yes. Twitch, I was hoping to start this. Still haven't got around to it. I think this is going to be a long thing. I just need about an hour just to get it all set up. And once I'm sorted and once I've got my running and fitness regime, yeah, I'll have that all in place. And that's just going to be me playing old games. Literally old fighting games on either a system called Fight K2, which you need to download if you want to play, or you can just come watch. It's completely up to you. And I'm not doing any memberships for Twitter. Sorry for Twitch. It's nothing like that. It's just basically people who can come say hello. But I will let you know when it's all up and running. Right, let's get into our first thing, which is the letter section, which I call 16 Bits of Nonsense. 
16 Bits of Nonsense is our letter section where you can write in about absolutely anything you want. It can be gaming related, film related, whatever. I'll just do my best to answer. The first letter is from Raging Demon. He says, listening to your take on work-life balance, a thousand percent agreed. Unless you're a surgeon or something like that and literal lives depend on when you're answering a work call. Don't do it. Stand up. Hang on. Don't do it. Stand up. Say goodbye and go home to your family and your shift is done. Stop being a gimp to your employer because trust me, you don't get any respect working 100 hours a week and being a doormat. You get ahead by doing good work and having a backbone. Only help people who reciprocate. Oh, big word. I used it. Too many. That was me saying that because I struggle with big words. Too many people make workplace culture bad by doing unpaid overtime. So thank you, Raging Demon. Now, he don't know what he's on about. So last week, I kind of went on a bit of a rant because I was talking. There was a news article that the, the guy who makes Dead Space now, Callisto Protocol, basically said that the staff are all knackered and they're all doing like stupid hour days, like 12, 13 hour days, six, seven days a week. And I kind of went on a rant because I don't believe you should be doing that. I think that's wrong. Like, even if you... If you love something, you love something, but you've got to look after your mental health. That was what I was kind of trying to get at. Your mental health is important. And just to summarize the conversation, I basically said, as soon as I finish work, I'm done. Unless it's an urgent, dramatic situation, which someone's really struggling, I will be there. But otherwise, I'm done because my family life is more important. My, you know, my personal life has to come first. My health has to come first. And yeah, I, I agree with what you say about a surgeon because they're on call. And those who, who work in like the medical professions and especially the emergency situations, they may do long hours. And I get it because they're saving people's lives. Like my brother-in-law is uh, an anesthetist. So he does work long hours because he's giving medications to people who desperately need it. You know, he's very important in the medical field. And I know he works long hours, but he works his backside off. But he has a good personal life as well. He goes on good trips. He takes his time. When he, when as soon as he gets his time available, he does take it. He doesn't bank it forever. So because he, he knows you've got to look after your, your mental health as well. And then there was a recent story that I saw, and it was the other day, where GameStop employees, so they've been for an absolute shit time. Not, not that I have ever been to a GameStop. I never have because I obviously live in Australia and have only been to America once. Their staff got an increase of 50 cents an hour. I was like, fuck. Bear in mind, their president CEO got $16 million. They got 50 cents. Now, I'm not, this isn't a conversation where I'm going to go capitalist and, you know, communist or that box. I'm not on about that. That's not what I'm on about. It's that basically you can put all this hours in and you don't get much back. So work your hours, you know, look after yourself. Your life's more important. Family is more important. So just take care of yourself, people. Take care of yourself. I know that's kind of going on a bit of a tangent and not what the show usually looks at. We usually dick around. But there are times when we have to be serious and mental health is something I'll always really advocate for having struggled with it myself in the past. And you know when you get a letter which is really good and it sets the tone, but then you get the next one and you think, what is this show? So this is from Chris Copley, one of our regular guests. He says, don't hate on bubble bath babes. Here we go. Keith worked very hard on that score. So very hard. You coming down on him was too firm. It's okay to like a video game. You just don't have to be so stiff about it. Thanks, Chris. You bastard. Now, if you don't know what Chris is on about, we'll be getting on to that later on. It's part of our section of stick that up your ginger. Cheers, Chris. I love the amount of puns. 
If you've got kids in the car, don't explain what they, a lot of those puns mean. Because otherwise people's ears will be bleeding and will be disgusted. Right, that is our letter section. I'd like to say thank you for the letters, but I kind of mean that halfway to one, not the other, because he's a pain. But we're going to move swiftly on to the new section, which we call Patch 33.0. Now, there's quite a bit to cover here this week because the main news was Nintendo did their own Direct and Sony released a state of play. Now, there was big differences in what was revealed. So what we're going to do is Nintendo Direct is a DLC episode because there was just so much. And But all I can say the main news was going to be is that Zelda has now got a name. It's now called Tears of the Kingdom. There's not Breath of the Wild 2 anymore and it's coming out in May. So that's the main news I want to just say from that. However, I am going to cover the Sony State of Play because there wasn't as many games on there. I think 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, about 11 games. Okay, so we'll go through each of them and then some additional news, which I found. There's still quite a little bit. Uh, and bear in mind, I do know the Tokyo um, Game Show is on. We're not covering that so much, and I'll explain why when we get to it. So, State of Play. I wasn't sure what I was going to be expecting. I thought I was going to see some Ragnarok. Why not? Because God of War Ragnarok is coming and show it off. First thing they showed off was Tekken 8. I could not fucking believe it. I was like, why? Why are you starting with this? Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm very happy. It's Tekken 8. Made up. But holy shit, it looked amazing. You had Kazuya and Jin in the rain. And it's the first time I've looked at the character for Kazuya and going, wow, okay. Now he looks realistic. Now he, he looks like a proper... The graphics have caught up because we've had Tekken 7 came out in 2014, so it's a long time. And this game looked absolutely incredible, so realistic. And what was cool, there was a this is all done in game, game, in game engine, but there was a shot where Jin missed a punch and then Kazuya landed a kick, but it went in slow motion. Like it went in, like in zoomed in with a slow motion and then it showed the action. Now, I hope this is actually in-game rather than just part of the trailer. I, people are going to say, well, what about combos? But I think it can only be done, If hear me out, if you do a move like that, it has to be one where you can't suddenly combo into it. So you knock, like, like a punch, it knocks them away, or a kick where it knocks them away. So there's no chance of you comboing it straight into it so it gets that distance away. Because I understand with Tekken, it's a lot of combos, a lot of juggling. And you do a slow-mo move, it could affect it. But if you did a big punch and they go flying off to the side of the stage, why can't you put a slow-mo in zoomed-in shot? It would look amazing. Now, what else you saw is basically Jin and Kazuya going at it. Or Kazuya, sorry. And Jin looks like he's got the devil under control. Pretty much like how evil Ryu is, kind of, is now under control by Ryu. So that... All they said is, like, just wait for more news. It's like, fuck, we want more news. We want more. We want to know, is Haikachi officially dead? Is he coming back? The thing, there were, there were things that I was, like, kind of like, oh, why wasn't this shown at Evo? Now, Harada made an appearance at Evo. You saw Kazuya's face from going from Tekken 1 to Tekken now 8. I was like, why didn't you show it then? Because it would have been great. All the fans there, they would have gone ape shit, having everyone jumping around on tables, not just Harada showing a trailer, showing his face and then fucking off. But a part of me is like, okay, I understand Sony are probably like, well, no, we're, you know, if this is coming on our console, you've got to show it like this. But again, why wasn't this at the end? 
why not show this at the end? Because the problem was, next up was Star Wars, and I didn't give a rat's ass. Star Wars from Takes from the Galaxy Edge. It was a while till I started giving a rat's ass about absolutely anything else that came around. I have to watch the state of play again because I honestly didn't give a shit because I was too excited for the reveal of Tekken 8. I was texting good old friend Nick um, and basically asking him, did you make this? Were you involved in the editing team? Because he's been involved in a big game and he won't tell me what it is. And I keep I keep poking, is it Tekken 8? Is it Tekken 8? Is it Tekken 8? And he's like, no, it's not Tekken 8. I was like, fuck, we're so good if it was Tekken 8. So yes, we did see Star Wars, Tears, Takes from the Galaxy Edge. It's a VR game. I'm not massively into Star Wars, Again, some people are, but again, it came up the second and didn't care. Hang on, I need a quick drink. Went for a run again, and I'm obviously a bit parched. So then we saw Dino, which is another VR game, and it's a tabletop RPG. And I was watching it going, this is Dungeon Dice Monsters from Yu-Gi-Oh! This is just Dungeon Dice Monsters. It's a mixture of Dungeon Dice Monsters and the Labyrinth episode they did where Yugi and Joey faced off against the, was it the Pegasus Twins? No, I don't think it's the Pegasus Twins. If it is, it's something Twins. If it's Pegasus Twins, then give me a pat on the back. But they ha- they fight in like a labyrinth and they then play Dungeon Duel Monsters. Well, they don't, but they this is what it looks like. Just honestly, watch the, tra- watch the trailer and you go, yeah, he's right, it's Dungeon Duel Monsters. Uh, it fucking is, or Dungeon Dice Monsters, I keep saying. Oh, God, there's so many things I need to get right. It's too early in the morning. It's still, it's not even seven o'clock. Next was Harry Potter, Hogwarts Legacy. Now, I know this game is getting a big push at the moment, is it, but what we saw, it looks like a bit creepy. Like, like the, sh- the woman who owned this shop, basically, I think probably died or something. But it would have been nice to see more of this. Because, like, okay, so we're not going down the usual Harry Potter route of showing Harry and friends. This looks a bit creepier. And why not? The fans of Harry Potter are getting older. So you are right to probably show that. Because, you know, the Harry Potter world isn't all, you know, happiness. There was a lot of bloodshed. In the Harry Potter world, if you, you know, the Wizarding War, a lot of people died. So it'd be interesting to look into this if they start making those games. We looked, then got a loyalty program. Didn't care about this. They basically said, oh, you can buy items or earn, oh, earn points to get items. It's like, I don't care. I don't want to show off items. Just give us money off games. Surely that's what you should be getting. Money off games or perks to membership. That kind of makes more sense than giving you, like, what could be considered, what do they call those... Oh, bloody items you can buy, like JPEGs. I can't think what... I'll think what they're called. They'll come to me. But I was like, what the fuck is this? This is no... It's a waste of time. We then saw Inshin, which is a samurai game. A samurai? What am I about? Samurai game. Now, apparently this is an old game. It's been out on previous consoles, which was rebuilt. And it looked quite good. Um, It has that sword and gun combo. So it's that time when the West is starting to come over and influence the East. But the problem was is that we got a samurai game later on, which I would argue looks better. I'm like, eh. Okay, so I was like, oh, Inchin looks cool. But then I got the other one. I was like, oh, okay, that looks better. And I can only really play one at a time. Pacific Drive was next, and it's an end of world sort of thing. It looks like the world is going to pot as you drive. Now, we didn't see much more of this. It looked quite interesting. But then I saw it's going to be a roguelike in your car. Like, why not? Why not have something a little bit different? Roguelikes do really well. I said Hades, one of the best games I've ever played. So why not get something a little bit different of just driving around? Like, we all drive around GTA for hours, so why not do this and actually have a point to the to the story? Sin Duality was the next game they showed, which is like a mecha-roaming third-person game. Um, with It had girls floating around because, of course, 
anime. It's an anime feel. Graphics looked absolutely fantastic. Part of me is like, still make a Gundam game. <laughs> make it a Gundam. I always, whenever I see good mecha things, I'm like, make it a Gundam. It's like when I saw Zone of Enders for the first time. I was like, make it a Gundam. Why can't Gundam games be like this? Because I just want to play Gundam games. We next saw one which I've been, I, I, I'm sure I've covered this before on the show. I have to go back. But it, I definitely the first time I've seen it. It's called Project Eve Cellar Blade. It's a PS5 exclusive. This looked really good. It looks like a me- mixture of um, Devil May Cry and Bayonetta. And it looks a lot more polished since I've last seen it. But I liked it then. I'm liking it even more now. Like, the enemies look really great. The designs look fantastic. And it's, it's again, it's guns and sword combination. But the battles look really fluid. So she's mixing from swiping with swords to suddenly unloading with a big cannon on her arm. Looks really, really good. And I'm hoping the reviews are good. I hope it basically is not just the odd thing and it actually continues. Because this is going to be a good purchase for me going up. I remember talking about Inshin, and there was another samurai game. Well, it came next, and it was Rise of the Ronin. This looks a lot better. The environments looked incredible. The battles, very similar. Sword and Shield, look, Sword and Shield, Sword and Gun looked really good. I was like, fuck, if I'm going to get one, it's going to be Rise of the Ronin. It, it's going to be. It just looks a better game, I think. Other people can go, no, you're wrong, but it did. And remember, the problem is, is that Inshin, well, the problem is, Inshin has a background. Rise of the Ronin, don't think it does, so it's literally a new IP. So it'll be interesting when both of them come out, probably around the same time, and which one seems to dominate the other. Finally, we showed a bit of God of War Ragnarok. Again, I wished, why why not start with this and finish with Tekken 8? Because we all know Ragnarok's coming. We didn't know Tekken 8 was coming. Well, we did, but we, we, you know, it would have been nice to have the reveal at the end because that would have been such an amazing thing to end on. So we got in Ragnarok. They showed off a new controller, which I don't care about. They then showed a trailer. I was like, thank God. It just looks so good and so beautiful. It, it's too difficult for me to go for everything because it's like you just need to watch it for yourself. Words can't describe how good this game is looking. Christopher Judge, who plays Kratos, um, he is incredible. I, I love Christopher Judge. He was amazing when he was Teal'c in Stargate. I have loved him, and he's absolutely fantastic in this game. And at the end, you saw Kratos. Is it Kratos? Yeah, Kratos was shooting an arrow into the sky, and it was kind of like setting the sun. Just beautiful. It's going to look so good on a PS5, like 4K PS5. It's going to look absolutely incredible. And I kind of feel like... Why the fuck did Sonic Frontiers decide, oh, this is a good idea, let's release it the same day. So RIP Sonic Frontiers, you're dead. You're just not going to work because everyone's going to want Ragnarok. They're not going to want Sonic, they're going to want Ragnarok. Silly, silly thing. So that's all thing from the state of play. And as I said, when it came to the Nintendo Direct, there was so much more. So that's why I've covered that as part of the DLC. Now, so what else has I've seen in the news? Well, there's been a few things. A new Pokemon card series has come out. Yes, we talk about Pokemon cards in here because it's my show, Fuck Off. And it's called Lost Origins. So we've only got this and I think it's Soul Tempest. I think they're Soul Frontier. They're the last ones of this generation. And I bought myself a box because I like to keep my stock. So I've just got my, my, my box of 36 and I bought 10 packs for myself. Just one for hiccups and nine for me. Opened it just for a bit of fun and pulled the best card in the set. So I have the Giratina Alter Art V and it looks incredible. It's about 400 Australian dollars already. It's not even graded. It will be graded. 
I will get that thing graded and it is going to look very good in my house. And then one day I will sell it for hopefully a lot of money. My whole thing I would love if one day I, you know, raise enough money through Patreon that I can actually make a P.O. box and I would just use it to send Pokemon cards to people. I'd love people to send Pokemon cards to me and I want to send Pokemon cards to them. I'm not saying, like, a good one. I'm just saying send one with, like, a like your name or something like that and I can make a wall by me of all the people who have sent me po- Pokemon cards and what country you're from. I just think that'd be really cool. Like, if I was getting, like, Spanish Pokemon cards, Indian Pokemon cards, Indonesian Pokemon cards because you can get different languages that'd be so cool i think it'd be cool the wife would be like nah nah that's shit but i think that's what it'd be now the other thing i want to talk about that's not gaming is bleach um i am a huge anime fan bleach has got a new trailer holy shit that is going to be incredible when that comes out if you want to see how good it's going to be just look at the new trailer you just for reference look at the new trailer and how the thousand year old war thousand year war compared to when bleach first came and just look at how good the animation is it looks movie quality and we're having a whole series of it maybe more it's like oh, oh. so that's coming out i think it's coming out next year so i'm very happy for that okay back onto gaming stuff assassin's creed um have basically the developers have said they're going to japan finally we're going to japan a lot of people have said you should have been there a long time ago because the problem is I've just announced two Samurai games and Ghost of Tsushima is already Sekiro. We've been there. So what is Assassin's Creed going to do in Japan that's really going to top these games and make it stand out? Because that's the problem Assassin's Creed's got. It should have gone to Japan a long time ago. However, it didn't. Silly. Okay, so another thing I want to mention that came up on my newsfeed, Multiverses, and I'll talk about this for another week, Velma. Now, if you've not played it or not know where Velma is, she is part of Scooby-Doo's gang. She used to have a move where she would call the police to come, and that's being patched out, and now it's now the Misty Wagon, which is her gang's and Scooby and Shaggy's gang's little car. Or car. It's like a BMW, it's a, you know, the Volkswagen thing. However, I don't get it. Look, I understand, I'll make it very clear, I understand there have been problems, there have been issues over the past few years with what can be seen as police brutality through, I'll say this, some members of the police, because not all police are bad, right? Because I was in the police, I've seen bad people, and I've seen very good officers, okay? Make that very clear. And that's not to be put down anyone who's ever suffered um, rough or horrible treatment from the police, and it shouldn't happen, it really shouldn't. But with this, I'm kind of like, why have you patched it out? Because it doesn't make sense to Velma's character. She's basically saying, they're the bad guy, they're the bad guy. Go catch them to the police officer. That's the whole thing of Scooby-Doo. And to take that away is kind of like, eh, don't make sense. But it kind of makes me feel, can we never show the police in a positive light anymore? Is it just impossible to do that? So when we play Streets of you know Streets of Rage, am I no longer allowed to call the police anymore? Do I have to call other people? I get it. There have been problems with the police. I do, and I... I'm not going to sit here and say I understand because I don't. I'm not from those communities who have suffered. I'm not, I don't know anyone who's suffered from the police. But I just think there's got to be a point where do we just censor police? I don't know. I think this is, I think it should be left as it is because, again, it's part of Velma's character and to take it out just doesn't make sense why. I I understand people are going to have gripes with that statement and think I'm wrong, which is fair enough and you're entitled to have that. But this is just my point of view on it all. 
Gears of War's developer, The Coalition. Now, I like this story. This is a positive story, okay? So they've now come out and said they're pledging 1% of all future net revenue from their franchise to a suicide prevention charity. And they've announced a partnership with Crisis Text Line as their first partner. They came out with a statement saying, Today, we are proud that The Coalition will donate 1% of net revenue from all Gears of War games and merchandise to organizations working to prevent suicide and combat loneliness through mental health advocacy, said Crump. This is a multi-year com- commitment our studio is making to give back to our community and create real-world impact. Brilliant. They didn't have to do that, but they did. I have no problem with any companies did this. I made this statement Pokemon. They put $25 million back into the community. People can argue, well, they should do. They don't have to. There's no... No one has to tell them what to spend the money on. The coalition don't have to spend any of their money, let alone 1%, on helping and if they're going towards mental health charities i'm all for that and as i've said i'm a big advocate of this i hope one day that if this show gets sponsored it's sponsored by a charity by a mental health charity and i will plug that all day long so i i hope it gets because i think mental health is a big thing so thank you coalition i really do appreciate that and the good thing is that they're not just saying um games they're saying they merchandise as well and Gears of War merchandise sells very war, very war, very well. So thank you, Coalition. I honestly mean that. Thank you very much. I know you're probably not going to listen to this, but honestly, thank you. We saw recently, I, I like this. This is another cool thing. The power of the internet, the power of modders. Someone called Space Dasher has done a new mod to the Spider-Man game for PS4, PS5, PC, blah, 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 blah. And he's done a mod of including the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I watched a demo of Leonardo's, and it, yes, he is swinging around, but using webs. But holy shit, he looks so good. And it works so well with the turtles. It does, honestly. Yes, the swinging around in daylight doesn't make sense for them, but the bits where they're on, he's like, basically then like where Spider-Man's doing his stealthy bits, it works so well with the turtles. Holy shit. I was like, that's how you make a turtles game. Like, probably someone's looking at it going, ooh, that's how you make a 3D Turtles game. Don't get me wrong, I love Shadow's Revenge, but it's like, ooh, that, that's how you do it. That is how you do it. Do it like that. That'd be awesome. Now, things that are doing awesome, Splatoon 3. Apparently, well, not apparently, it is. It's been announced. It's the best-selling game of all time in Japan. I think with the, with the speed it's going, it's incredible. It is selling like crazy. Because Splatoon's not my sort of thing, but I know a lot of people who are playing it, and it it's great. And it's one of those reasons that the more games get sold, the more systems get sold, the more the console stays alive, the more people want more interest into it, the more third-party developers want to have more interest in it. Great. Can only be better as us as good as gamers, because, again, overall, copies... Oh, I always think that sales means progression in the video game industry, because everyone else has to basically up the game, because they want to chase that money as well. Now, The Last of Us Part 1, now I'd seen this recently, and I, I still haven't got it, The re- this is the remake, the HD remake plus Super Street Fighter 6 version. Apparently saw what they put a little Easter egg in, which I thought was quite cool, and they've modelled The Office from the US office. I was like, okay, that's pretty cool, that's a pretty cool Easter egg. So, are we basically saying that The Office is part of The Last of Us? Imagine that they did, they did a Last of Us episode of The Office. Like, you saw Michael and all that, and it just starts falling apart. Like the world around them is just collapsing. God, what a way to... Because that would become canon. And we're like, Michael died in the apocalypse. Oh, imagine that. Imagine you see 20 years time, and he's come back, and he's, like, literally, like, ripping off people's arms. Oh, my God, that'd be so cool. What a way to end the office. What a way. Ricky Gervais is probably like, eh. 
Give me some money, I'll write it, because it's Ricky Gervais. Now, as I mentioned at the end, we, as the beginning, I did say about the Tokyo Game Show, I know it's on. I know it's on its last day. I will cover it on the next DLC, so that'll be in two weeks. Just because there's going to be so much to cover, there is just going to be absolutely tons. But the one thing I will say I saw from it, which was very happy, Street Fighter VI, because it's fighting games, and I love that here. And Street Fighter VI, basically, they first announced four new characters in the Battle Hub, but then they went, holy shit, no, we're just going to reveal the whole beginning roster. I was like, wow, okay, confirming the leaks were real. And although there were other characters who weren't there, I think it was four characters, including Akuma, basically means they're the first DLC wave. That's the plan. They're the first DLC, those four characters. But 18 to begin with, which is great, which is good. And you've got your avatar, so technically that could be 19. But they showed basically how it kind of works. You create your avatar and you go around in the one-player mode, meeting all the different characters, learning their moves, and incorporating them in your own. So you can basically make it your own character. Whether I think they'll put that online... Again, you can play with the players, maybe, but it's going to be an avatar versus avatar only. It can't be, like, into tournaments because the whole thing is that you know what Ryu's going to do, you know what Ken's going to do, and to not know what that opponent's going to do, what moves it's going to do, it'll be a total mindfuck. So I don't see that happening, but I think they will do an, an online mode of some way. But one thing I will cover before, you know, I cover this properly on and DLC, was that you saw, saw the Battle Hub, and it was basically, like, an online space where the, your avatars can mix with other people. But this, to play against somebody else, they go to an arcade machine, and they then they play, and they join in. But you saw them jump, and there was a Final Fight arcade, and there was a Street Fighter 2 arcade machine. So I was thinking, holy shit, are you going to be able to play all these old-school games with other people across the internet? Are they just putting them in there? Like, Street Fighter 2's in there. You'd assume Final Fight's in there, but because we saw actual footage of Street Fighter 2. But Final Fight, we just saw a picture of the arcade machine. But imagine if they started putting the Alpha games in there. Street Fighter 3 in there. I don't think they'll put 4 in there, but I reckon they'll put 3 in. I reckon, why not? Put Alpha, put 3 in there, you're done. It would, this will be the best Street Fighter game of all time. Because you basically, everyone can play. I won't come off my PlayStation 5 if they did that. So I can play 3. God, if they put 4 in there as well. 3, 4, 6. They won't put 5. No way they put 5. But maybe 3, 4, and 6, and Alpha. Oh! Oh! Little boy me will be so excited. I really will. I will be so excited. Okay, so that is the news. Um, a quick drink before we go on to our next little bit. Okay, right. So we're going back into our news section. Now, I introduced this last week, and it is called Stick It Up Your Jinjo. Uh-huh. Now, if you don't know what Stick It Up A Jinjo is, I basically originally said it was for gaming achievements. This is a non-Patreon show, so if you're just want to get involved and you don't want to get into Patreon, that's cool. This is what this game is for. And basically, you just message your gaming achievements. But then my cousin Stefan, who originally created this game, he then put on the um, forum, the Patreon, so the Patreon, the Discord. He said, I've never finished a fatality on Mortal Kombat 2. And I was like, oh, that's really sad. Neither have I. But then I thought to myself, because they're just a pain in the ass. But then I thought to myself, hang on. Why don't I expand Stick Up Your Jinjo? And it doesn't just have to be your gaming achievements. It could just be things that have really just pissed you off that week of gaming. Bit of a, okay, it's a grind your gear segment. But it's for everybody. But so yeah, basically now Stick It Up Your Jinjo is going to be um, a give all. Have you achieved something that you're really happy with that was doing your head in? 
have something really pissed you off, there's a boss you can't fight, well, let me know. Go over on Retro Wars UK on Twitter. That's how you do it. Just post it on there, and I will read the best ones out to the show. Now, earlier on, I read a message from Chris Copling, who was talking about... What was the freaking game called? Hang on, I've got to go in my notes here. Bubble Bath Babes. So this was Keith. <sighs> fucking Keith. He basically made his thing that he got a top score in Bubble Bath Babes. 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 And it was basically a Tetris version with Naked Lady on. It's like, holy fudge, that's the way we start this show. So yes, that is what Chris is going on about, you bastards. So yeah, if you've got any gaming achievements or something's done your head in, go over to at RetroWarsUK at Twitter and leave it on there. And I will read the best ones out for the show. Now we're going to go to our Patreon-exclusive show, which is called Revive or Die. Hey, listen! Revive or Die is where we look at a mechanic, a game franchise, it could be a character, and we've not seen them for a while, and we've asked the question, should they be revived, or should they be left to die? And this week, considering as we are doing Duke Nukem, well, let's talk Duke Nukem because he hasn't been seen for a long time since Duke Nukem Forever. And back in years yonged ago, he was massive. He's used to do loads of two, 2D platformer games. But unfortunately, we've not seen Duke for a while. And you kind of think, is he a dinosaur? Or should he be left in the past? Or should he be revived? So we got some messages. And again, they came from Chris and Raging Demon. So Chris, sorry, Raging Demon says, revive him and then double down and make him even more Duke Nukem-y, as Mr. Coplin has suggested. Oh, bollocks. Chris's comment came first. Right, I've got to read Chris's first. I didn't realise there was an order. Oh, damn it, people. Okay, Chris's comment. You really, I should look at these things first, shouldn't I? Wouldn't it make sense? I literally, I, I just like to read these things, just say them from the off. But no, it kind of makes sense. I have some response to them. Chris Copling says, I was initially going to say die, but I think he would be great for an over-the-top comedic game. Make it as offensive as possible, too. One thing I learned as a 90s kid is one of the best ways to take people, take down people who get offended by silly things is to just give them more that makes them offended. Revive Duke in all this stupid, offensive machismo... Machismo? No, machismo... Machismo... Machismo? Machismo glory. Is that if you say the word? I... I'm stupid. And I back this up with what Raging Demon was saying. He says, revive him and double down and make him even more dukumi, as Mr. Copling has suggested. Make it better than COD, not difficult, and then have a thriving online multiplayer, a scene that can shake esports to goddamn core. Let the snowflakes melt away into the water so they can be absorbed back into the earth with us normalish folk. And you know what? I, I kind of was with Chris. I was kind of like, let it die, because... Yeah, he's a bit of a dinosaur. Some of his viewpoints are like, yeah, this is like just mildly offensive. But then I came and said, hang on, no. If you if done right, it can and everyone knows what it is. It can be done really well. So I'm with both you, Chris and Raging Demon. I'm with you both. Revive it. Like just, but just make it so offensive. Look at South Park, look at Family Guy. As long as you make it offensive and everyone knows what it is. Everyone knows this is what you're getting in for, but it's clearly a piss take. It's not how the developers actually think of sex, drugs, rock and roll, because women were portrayed really badly in this game. They, they were in the old games, but if you, you can do it. And as long as it's a joke and everyone's in on the joke, you, you basically swing heavily, very heavily on stereotypes. Do it. I'm all for it. I think it'd be hilarious. 
As I said, I love Family Guy. I love things that push the envelope with stereotypes because jokes don't hurt. I've always been a believer of that. It's a joke. I'm going to get some hate for that one, but, you know, some people can be offended. But if you're offended, don't play it. Simple as that. If you're not, off- if you're offended, do not play this game. If you're offended, just don't. But, yeah, if you want to have just stupidity and stupidity and know what you're getting yourself in for, this is the game for you. And that is the end of Revive or Die. Thank you very much, guys, for joining in. We'll have a new topic next week. So let's just get into what I've been playing, what I've been up to before we get into the main show. So what I've been up to, we've had more sickness in the house, unfortunately. The little one had a bug from daycare. She got it, and then the missus got it. And yet we're still getting over that from last week. I mentioned it last week, but we're still getting over that. So I think everyone's now back to normal. But we've also been getting ready for the mother-in-law. She's returning. Um, she's coming, she's on the plane now, her flight left an hour ago from the UK, so she'll be here and back in my life in one day's time, God help us all. Finally, what I've been playing, I've been playing a lot of Ape Escape, I have been playing that to death, I have nearly finished it, and it's been good fun, I've been playing that because we're going to be doing that as part of the show soon, so I'm really looking forward to that, I've just got a few days I need to get on with, uh, finish, finally I'll finish off Resident Evil, and I've got to do Star Wars Episode 1 Podracer, so I've got a lot to do and keep me busy, so that is everything, woo, that's a, that's got quite through, and the sun is up now, so it's quite nice, so let's get on to Duke Nukem, that's what you're here for, and that's what a lot of people want to hear about, so first of all, I'm going to play some, oh no, 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 what I'm going to say first is yes, it was, Dan brought this to my attention, so thank you very much, Dan, for bringing my attention. Never played it before. I knew of Duke Nukem. I knew of the whole Duke fiascos back in the day. So I did get to play this for the first time. And, you know, it was all right. That's the best thing. It was all right. And I think it's hard because, you know, it is very Doomy. And I was never a fan of Doom. Um, I, I'm not. I'm just not. I prefer... Can you give me a shooter? For me, it's when it started with GoldenEye. That's, maybe that's some my generation thing. So I did give it a go knowing it was very Doomy. And it was all right. That's probably the best way I can say it. But me and Dan are going to talk about this a little bit more. So let me just put on some music. And when I come back, me and Mr. Dan Coles are going to be talking about Duke Nukem 64, which came out for the N64 in Europe on November the 14th, 1997. Fuck me, I'm old. Returning to the show is our good friend, Mr. Dan Coles. How are you? I'm very good, mate. Thank you. How are you feeling? Ah, breathing. Breathing. Good. Yep. You gave your listeners a bit of a scare, fair to say. Yeah, not dead. That's the main priority. Not dead. I'll take that. No Phoenix Downs required. No Phoenix Downs. Do you know what? You say Phoenix Downs. I'm just playing Final Fantasy 3 at the moment. Mm -hmm. And you might not have played this one, but there are fucking no Phoenix Downs in the game. Like, you can't buy them. Like, the freaking like gold is like oh I'll just go get a phoenix down nah like the fuck well you, you've got to learn the value of them somehow haven't you doing that game jesus <sighs> christ that's a game i'll be covering one day on this show fucking good game though right but however today today you have brought a game to me which i had never played one of those ones i've never played before i knew of it never played and it was duke newcomb 64 yes indeed and i'm oh, hoping sure. we have a nice conversation about this one well, uh, no. we'll have a conversation. Ah, oh. is, it, is, it, is it? I'm starting to take it personal. Is it me or is it the game? 
look, I I played it. I gave it a good go. There are things uh-huh. that are positive. There are things that okay. make me feel horrendous. But I gave it a go. Okay, I can I can deal. I can work with that. I can work. With that. I can I can work with those boundaries mm-hmm. now. I just had never played this before, and I managed to get hold of um, an original copy. Not original copy, so a modded copy, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did give it a good go. I really tried. It's a long game. Yeah, it is. It really is. Um, impressive, really, considering... Um, I mean, you said you've got a modded copy there. I think, it, what, 1996, 97? In that yeah, time, it's, it's been through so many yeah. mods. Um, so, you know you may have played a, a kind of a maybe a slightly different version to the original possibly which is i think every mod has improved it um and there's some great stuff in there but um yeah i'm glad to hear you gave it a good go i, I personally i loved it uh, I, I played it again um in preparation for this so i managed to find the 20th anniversary edition on the ps store yes. so i played it on ps5 um i think it was a, a mod or a kind of a, a port of the pc version yeah um so i think it had a few extra bells and whistles than the um, N64 version would have done at the time. But um, yeah, we'll get into it. I, I thought it stood up really well, actually. I really enjoyed it. And part of that is I have played it before and it was a nice bit of nostalgia. But um, given you know what it is, it's obviously a 90s game. But I thought I had loads of fun with it. We've always said, or I've always said in the show, nostalgia is a very, very powerful drug. Hmm. And it can get you a long way nostalgia if you know what you're doing. Now, yeah. I said, yeah, I yeah. went into this... I'm essentially blind, only knowing big I knew what Duke Nukem was. As I said, I've never never played his games before. And from what I found, there are significant differences probably in the editions that we played. Significance. I don't know if you're aware about this. Yeah, yeah. Um so, so I didn't, PC, know, about, I didn't know about this until I, literally after I put it down that okay. I didn't realize how different the versions were. They were because mm. the N64 was heavily, heavily censored. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of took away from what Duke Nukem was in some ways. My my very first exposure to it was the uh, Duke Nukem One and Two, which you know, be warned, PC Master Race reference coming up. Yeah, um, yeah. But the side-scrolling platformers that Apogee developed right in the early '90s, and yeah, she kind of got a bit of sort of Duke's attitude, and you know the kind of you know famous alien killer and all that sort of stuff. But it's only when it kind of got brought to life in living color through Duke Nukem 3D that it brought yeah. in all of this sort of 18 plus stuff. Um, and I think the fact that it landed on PC first, where you got all of that. Um, the end of people that were maybe aware of that version um, on PC, but then got it for the, the N64 would have been a bit disappointed probably. And um, sort of, you know, partially castrated, I guess is a, is a probably an oh, accurate reference. Definitely castrated. I, I you know, cause I said, I didn't notice at the time, but then I did later on. So if you don't know, Jute Nukem plays a lot like doom. It's very doomy. Um, and there was a scene, I don't remember notes, what was the level? And you basically, went in well it looked i was like are we in a titty bar are we in strip a strip club, joint yeah. level what? two are we and i was like are we in a strip oh because there were basically peaking booths yeah. and i was like that is definitely a peaking booth there's no doubt there's no hiding that's definitely and then i found out basically in the pc version that basically you it was it was definitely a titty bar and there were women there was like like basically very provocative women in the sh- in the yep. game because that really wasn't a thing. Hmm. 
And it is, it is heavily, yeah, like you say, heavily um, censored by Nintendo. But I mean, that, that version you're talking about, the PC version, yes, fully functional titty bar, which as a 12, 13 year old at the time, exceptional. Um, you could press the action button and you'd, you'd give a dollar and they'd, you know, pull their bra down and stuff like that. <laughs> I didn't um, know that. That, that level, yeah, that, that, honestly, the level, and we'll get onto this as well, the level of interactivity, not just with the strippers or the dancers, but with almost anything anything you'd expect to be able to interact with on the levels, whether it be like a microphone, light switches, some kind of um, quite carefully placed sort of other props and things like that. There was either a line of dialogue or an animation or something that that allowed you to interact with it and i think that really set it apart from you know you mentioned doom there i think yes, yes. in some ways it was quite doomy for me it was the first shooter that um was played with a full kind of operating x and y axis yeah and um, it wasn't just a flat shooter which was which was again brilliant um created a completely different dimension um for me i didn't play goldeneye before that so kind of didn't get that um but yeah, I mean, that, that level alone, and that, that, there are so many sort of pop culture references and things like that as well, which we'll cover as well. But um, that whole level was designed to be what it's called the red light district, yeah. I think. And, and beforehand, you go to a, like a, um, you know, an XX rated um, magazine shop. Yeah. There are a few little um, peep shows and things like that. The little kind of the attention to detail on some of the levels or all the levels really was brilliant. I think it definitely helped it carve its own space in that kind of you know proliferation of shooters mid to late 90s yeah that's the thing because you mentioned goldeneye and we are going to mention Goldeneye. we have to mention goldeneye we talked about especially the n64 version because that's what we're you know we're talking about mm. but you know yeah it, it as the moment i started playing it it felt it felt doomy it felt that sort of shooter and i wasn't a fan of doom growing up so maybe i already i didn't like the artwork the way it was so maybe that already had me in a negative a negative frame of mind but yeah if you've played doom you'd be right home at duke nukem it has that yeah. sort of feel the way the enemies uh feel they are 2d uh mm, in a 3d sprites, field yeah. which is yeah. weird and um, mm. that's that's how they set but yeah there was that axis the xy axis and you know it was a bold take because doom never had that doom was all essentially you know you couldn't go up left and right with mm. the character so you couldn't go up and down you went left and right but that was about it so there was a lot to this game, and it was very ambitious. And oh, the, you know, one actually thing you did say, there's a lot of things that set it apart. You mentioned that titty bar thing, and I was playing it, and all of a sudden there was in this um, what looked like a pinball machine, arcade machine. Then Duke yeah. suddenly just goes, "I haven't got time to play with myself." Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Honestly, John St. John, that um, vocal track that he laid down for Duke Nukem is one of the most iconic vocal tracks for a first person shooter. I put my hand on my heart and say that I think it's fantastic. Um, there are so many little one liners like that as well, you know, and, you know, a couple of the really famous ones, um, you know, it's time to kick ass and chew bubble gum and I'm all out of gum and stuff like that, that you yeah, hear today. Gu- that's, that's the list. That's the first bit. That's the first bit. Yeah. 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 It's that one. Or um, you can see his spaceship kind of careering into the building goes, those alien bastards are going to pay for shooting up my ride. Um, but there are loads, there are loads of like one-liners like that, um, which again, you know, John St. John, he re so the, the version that I um, got hold of to play in preparation for this, there's actually a couple of new episodes now. Oh, um, right, and he okay. re-recorded the voice track for the fifth episode, um, all the same phrases, a couple of new ones. Sounds still sounds so great. But yeah, um, yeah even when you mention them there, I just get a big smile on my face because I'm going through it again and 
didn't get old. It just really made it really funny. And then again, um, really brought Duke to life because you never see, you know, at that time you mentioned Doom, Goldeneye, you never see the um, player one, do you? You never see who no. you're controlling really. No. So um, Duke Nukem had mirrors and things like that. You could even interact with the mirror and he'd comment on himself, um, but you'd see yourself. And, and you know, that a trip with the additional kind of element of a living, breathing personality, I think really helped it a lot and, and you kind of really in you know endeared yourself to Duke and he endeared himself to you I think um and going back to the original Doom reference I think it is a really good one because you look at the enemies um you know Doom's enemies it's all about kind of you know hell on earth and you know mm. coming from Mars all that sort of so I was a big Doom player as well when I was a kid and I think the nature of the enemies being aliens as well I think it is another big Doom parallel isn't it um yeah. and you know those sort of dynamics like jumping X, Y, those sort of differentiators from Doom. I think the fact that, um, I think especially episodes one and three of, of Duke Nukem, or the first and third parts of the game, if you're playing on N64, where it was all one long level list, um, helped. Yeah, it definitely felt like you're playing on the planet Earth. So I think, again, another differentiator. Um, but yeah, yeah, um, I, I, you know, I, I thought it was brilliant from start to finish. You mentioned, I'll briefly go back to what you were saying about the audio track. It was a good audio track. However, however, my only negative with this sort of thing is, mm. fuck me, it becomes repetitive quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, holy shit. This is what I had problems with, like, the, the recent game um, on the Warner Brothers fight in the multiverse. It's like they <laughs> say the same catchphrase every fucking five minutes. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Mm, yeah yeah and that's you know there's only so many lines i guess you can record and and yeah i mean you look at the i mean these are always so unrealistic but when you finished a level and you would get the you know 3d realms pass score or the developers pass score um versus your time finished level those times were always so short and i guess if you are going to really complete a level in two and a half minutes when really in reality if you're going to go around kill everybody try and find the secrets get all the key cards all that sort of stuff it does take about 15 20 minutes it's but yeah yeah i i think i again managed to shut that out you do you just blank it out after a while don't you you're in the level you're looking for secrets and you know you hear the dialogue and stuff like that but um yeah, yeah. you are right it does get you do you do blank it out and yeah you just mentioned you're yeah, looking for secrets jesus christ there are secrets freaking everywhere yeah. like, some hard, some easy some hard yeah i i found found out i didn't realize at the time this is in the first level in the first minute you can get a grenade launch i was like the fuck yeah yeah, yeah. you have to I think it's um if you drop down the kind of big air duct you climb up to the right and you there's a post there's a kind of big post that says innocent question mark and i think there's this little switch and it comes up there yeah or it's in the one of the buildings you jump through uh, what looks like a kind of closed window but it's actually a you know you could basically clip through pretty much and there's a secret room with yeah. a couple of enemies Sounded. and a grenade launcher so yeah you secrets yeah. are yeah. everywhere it's tasty. And yeah. it's tasty and that's the thing that's what makes the game interesting in a sense of you are constantly looking for secrets you're constantly looking for things and yeah if you can do it in two and a half minutes fuck you because absolutely fuck you i'm not i didn't do it in that long because no i, spent... I, I neither know and why would you like it's fun to you know, the levels are so and we'll get onto levels again because i think they're really well put together like the level design is brilliant so layered um massive levels really in most cases yeah, and um yeah and so why would you scoot through it in in two minutes you know explore every crevice try and find the enemies and and you know because there are lots of rewards to be had and you know as a as a fps 
if you're on the first level and you, you get a gun, so like the sixth gun, you know, which you probably feel like you're not meant to have at this stage of the game. How cool is it? You've got some rockets or some grenades, which you, you know, the enemies in the first couple of levels are weaker. You're not going to, you're not going to find the enemies that really need those to be put away for a few levels. So having that in your locker quite early on, it's nice, like you're licking your lips really. Aren't well, you? I didn't. I didn't have that fun with playing with these ultimate guns. I was just doing my basic handgun. And I have to say with the gun, the guns do feel nice. Regardless. They do, yeah. They and do one, one thing... Feel realistic. Re- one thing I'll say for the N64 version is I think they do the guns better than the yeah. PC. Um, and there are some different guns. So in the uh, PC version, they have it's, a grenade launcher is, I think it's an RPG rocket launcher or it's, it's it replaces something else. Um the kind of chain gun cannon is in the N64 is a pair of kind of submachine guns, like a couple of Uzis, which yeah. are so satisfying to kind of fire. They sound great. They look great. Um, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, the weapon, they do nail the weapons. I think they do more so for everything that's not quite as good with the N64 version, the weapons, uh, they've nailed those. Yeah, they just, they just, I know they've got that really crisp they look nice yeah. to play with. It's yeah. like, I want to yeah. play with this gun. Yeah. Even at the first handgun, I was like, I want to play with this, have some fun, enjoy myself, and shoot the fuck out of pigs. <laughs> or, I yeah, some of the monsters here, right? Okay, so you've got, you mentioned the, the, the aliens. I do, I, kn- I knew about the pigs dressed up in, as police officers. As, L- yeah, L-A-R-D, L-A-P-D, yeah. I was like, the that's lard. class. Yeah. I was yeah. like, that's yeah. ace. But the yeah. other monsters are like, what the fuck are you? Yeah, well, I mean, that they are, because they're all come, they're aliens, aren't they, I guess. And, um, I mean, the, the first ones you meet, though, I can't remember what the name, assault something, just like, there's grunts, basically, aren't they? You kind of, you fodder, and you can put them down with a few, you know, well-aimed handgun shots. Well-aimed, um, the freaking, yeah. you've got to fucking move, because they're AIs, A, there's a lot of them, and B, the AIs class. Yeah, it is, it, yeah, absolutely, because you've got, there are two types of those initial um, enemies. You've got standard ones that just kind of walk around. You've got some with jetpacks, yeah, and they fly around and they descend down, and they I think they can teleport in and out, can't they? Um, yeah. So if you're yeah, so AI definitely again another thing that say like the Doom didn't have, um, and yeah, absolutely it was executed really well. You're right. Like I do like the like, that's what I like the enemy design, but I just think at the time as I was playing, I was constantly fighting the same enemies over and over and over yeah, again yeah the like, variety oh, i think give me some variety yeah i mean you've got probably about five or six different enemy types and again we, i know we're using doom as a, a a crutch to compare to um and there are probably others that, that would fit the bill as well but um you know, you've, you've got at least 10 enemy types in, in doom if not more than that um so yeah you know a, a possible drawback you know was that sort of uh, lack of variety and, and even as you progress through the levels there wasn't a I mean I think probably one or two added throughout the course yeah, of the game was... and then you've got the bosses so that yeah nothing. you are you are you are true and I think that N64 um, version they had to compress quite a lot down and, and cut some stuff apart from the stuff they censored to try and fit the game onto an N64 cartridge I don't know if you noticed when you played or, or whether you had a version that had it but um they had to drop the level soundtracks. So on N64, you're playing. That's that's freaking criminal. Criminal. Yeah, I agree. The soundtrack, that that opening, when you start the game and that initial explosion, the iconic. If you don't open the podcast with that, I'm going to be pissed. 
Well, I, I love might, that I might track just put to this music. I might just put some fluffy bunny music on. No, like, la, la, no, la, la, la. Hmm. It's um, it's a belter, honestly. There's a bona fide belter that track, and to the point where there've been, I think there've been some real life covers of it. I think Megadeth did a cover version of it. You can find, it on find the Megadeth version, but include it somewhere. But there is definitely a place in my heart for the original. Um, brilliant, yeah. It's just great guitar led. That's oh, cracking. It's my, right up my alley. Yeah, yeah. There's gets no, you in the mood. There's no soundtrack. I was like, the fuck? yeah. It's it does take because you are used to having some sort of audio over the top of you know you're roaming around a level you're always used to having some sort of track so to not to have that on the it's n64 yeah Absolute. i mean you get the you get the you know sound effects from duke and the enemies and the gunshots and the stuff and you know interacting with like lifts and all that sort of stuff but it isn't the same as having no, music, a track over the top and music yeah. is so important to video yeah, games like you know you think of bond Bond had some great tracks, but oh, sometimes, yeah, yeah. sometimes music isn't needed in moments mm. to show maybe, you know, a sense of emptiness or like, you know, some, some ominous something could be coming. But to have a game with nothing, it's like, so the developers go, nah, fuck it. They don't need it. Yes, we fucking do, idiots. I know. Yeah. I mean, what else could they have possibly cut? to try and preserve the, the audio. I, I don't know. But, which, um, which creative wanker yeah, went, this odd, is a good idea. Odd. This is this is an absolutely spectacular yeah. idea. Just fucking... How mm. did it get past anybody in management? They thought, ah, mm. fuck it. I know. Because sometimes it, you only need to hear the first sort of two or three chords of a, a track, whatever game it's in, and you kind of instantly, you're there, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And, you know, it's synonymous in some cases with what you're playing and what you're seeing on screen. And again, as I say, the opening credits sound um, theme for, for Duke Nukem 3D N64 version was, was brilliant. Yeah. But some of the level tracks as well were great in well, their own right. That's the thing. We had, um, I've, I've recorded an episode with Jared and we were talking about Halo. I'm not sure mm. if that's been aired already or it goes air after this. But, you know, you play the first few, yeah. se- two seconds of that. Oh. The- yeah, that alone. Yeah, that alone. yeah exactly. Yeah, and you're yeah. already Sister, getting yeah. like tingles, hot. tingles stuff. That yeah, you're already yeah. getting hot and horny. You're like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Give me a no, fucking I couldn't gun. agree more. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah. there. Are, I mean, there are again yeah, a few examples of that. And and yeah, like you say, how how the fuck did that get through? Um, what a, what an error. Um, and you know they must have tried to cut down as much as they possibly could, and they just had no choice. But um, yeah, it did take away from the end product on the N64. I think. Oh, Jesus, it did. Do you know one thing that said about things that got cut? And I didn't realize again until after um, I came out um, that when you got like, we had a vitamin X, right? Oh, is that the steroids? Steroids? Uh, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. know they were called steroids. Yeah. Um, I don't, again, I'm not sure why they changed. Was that a sensor? Was it a sensoring oh, thing? Yeah, I'm not quite sure sensor. what that's designed it's to protect people thing from. All day long, 100%. Yeah. Sensors yeah. don't I mean, like steroids. Yeah. So um, you know, you mentioned sort of items and weapons. You know, there are some. You know, there were some great weapons. I thought across both across both versions. And I think, I think, given the, I know we've talked already about the not being the hugest variety of enemies to kind of you know, kill. But um, I did find that I got a good use out of pretty much all the weapons. I think there are some weapons that were more effective against certain enemies, which yeah. You know, in most shooters, you have your favourites, don't you? And you invariably kind of go back to those. And Duke's got a couple of safe bets. And shotgun is is good in shotgun almost all cases. Oh, the shotgun's so good. Um, 
but the sort of the pistol stroke um uzis are, are good for those sort of initial grunts but also the um i think they're called enforcers the ones with the machine gun chain gun cannons themselves mm-hmm. um shotgun was brilliant for those octo brains which again appeared quite early and actually quite I, yeah, still quite disturbing those aren't they like you got yeah, one of those at, bearing at down the on time, you evil fucking things been... yeah scary as fuck I remember playing Doom, and at the time I was scared playing it because I was only a kid. So yeah, if I'd played this back in the day, it would have had that. <gasps> yeah, yeah, that's terrifying. I think they're like what I don't know how many coming three eyes. I can't remember, but they look like the teeth. And other, yeah, but now you like, look as an enemy designed. Yes, fearsome. But if you look at it now, you go. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But they've been the, even the the sound they make is quite disconcerting as well. Could you um, imagine? You know, like back in the day, that would have been horrifying for us as gamers. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine giving him like something like something from Dead Space? I don't yeah. think I played Dead Space, but fuck uh, me, no, no, Jesus, the shit that comes out of those games, I poo <laughs> myself. Imagine giving them that to be like, I'd literally would have pooed all over the keyboard, and it would have taken <laughs> to get everything I mean, cleaned. Yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I recent example for me, I always found the clickers in. Um, Last of Us really unsettling, and obviously that's exactly what they're just, they're trying to do. But unnaturally, it's like really uncomfortable playing it to the point where, oh God, I can't wait to get past these. Or um, it makes it really, really satisfying to kill them, doesn't it? If they mm-hmm. do genuinely evoke a reaction in you, and, and you know you are feeling a bit uneasy, like putting one down is even more satisfying as a result, I suppose. Yeah, um, yeah. But you, you said about like you know things you can kill him with. Well, Duke would have no problem killing these bastards because he's. Do you know what? What an enemy I do. Oh, item I used. Foot stomp. Oh yeah, yeah, the mighty foot. Yeah, and, mighty and foot. Expl- they bring that in really nicely. Um, he, he explodes there's... enemies with his foot. I was like, that. Yeah. That's not physics. This is bullshit. No, no. it's Duke. It's Duke. It's Duke Nukem physics. Um, but there's also there's a gun called the freeze thrower, isn't there? Where you know you fire at an enemy and you freeze them and you can go and kick them and and shatter them to a thousand pieces. I'd love to um, see that actual happen in real life. I suppose oh, yeah. that well, could you happen. It's like Terminator Two, isn't it? Where um, T one thousand. Arnie pings him with a bullet in the steelworks when he gets frozen with the nitrogen, isn't it? But um, it's just down. a year. I suppose mm. that could happen in, in reality if I put my hand in liquid nitrogen and then someone stamped on it. Pretty much, that's Possibly, my finger yeah. gone. Yeah. Well, don't try this at home. You don't, want to put yeah, that. if you have liquid <laughs> nitrogen at home, please do not put your hand in there for one because you will lose it immediately if you did that. I think it will be dead. So not that this not that this show encourages science projects of, of such not. nature. Fuck mm. me, wouldn't that be funny? You're going to complain. <laughs> interesting, interesting lawsuit on your desk. Jesus, you know, yeah, my son put his hand in liquid nitrogen. I was like, what the fuck you were doing, yeah. you stupid idiot? Why did you have liquid nitrogen in the first place? Yeah. Well, what were you covered now, mate? You said don't troll us at home. You're covered. I'm covered. You know, so I wouldn't, wouldn't worry about it now. Um, Do you know what? So what? What's your favourite gun? I just liked using the shotgun because it was just because I was constantly running because I was constantly running because these fuckers AI is really good they shoot Mm. from anywhere Mm. I just Mm. try and get close Uh, right let's get go boof yeah if you get close and you get pinged then you know you lose a a good chunk of health as well yeah and I that happened a lot (laughs) yeah I I found I was I'd sometimes get frustrated and I'm like fuck I'm just gonna go I like kamikaze games I'm like right I'm going all in and you know that that kind of happened a lot but it was good fun like i didn't i I kind of enjoyed the levels i did and Mm. i remember there was a water level which was pissing me off and by the way having a scuba gear was pretty cool 
Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because there were extended periods at some levels where you were underwater. So, you know, um, I suppose there had to be some sort of provision for you to be able to do that. But yeah, even and even the sound effects for that are quite cool. Aren't you yeah. genuinely do feel like you're underwater. That was good. I, that's yeah. in my notes. I, yeah. I, I, you know, me and Dan are on camera, but I do have it. I feel like a look at my notes. Look what I've taken. I did say I did like the fact that when you went in the water, the sound of everything was muffled. Yeah. And I was like, that's, yeah, that's yeah. a good take. I yeah. like that. Those little details, again, missing from other, I mean, again, probably doing a disservice to some very good shooters of a similar era that did have some of this stuff. But it, I really do feel like it brought all that sort of stuff together. And that attention to detail really did make it a lot more immersive, I, I thought. And, um, you know, there were, and there were, it was more than one, it wasn't just a gimmick, one off occasion where you were to go underwater. It, you know, it happens three or four or five times across the course of the game where you do have extended periods underwater and you have full on gunfights and underwater, you got to try and find keys, all that sort of stuff, switches, loads of stuff. And um, yeah, it really did make it feel like a proper sort of multi-platform um, experience really where you know you're not just kind of you know platforming on land and jump and jumping and trying to scale buildings but you are going underwater and you know it's a whole new world down there in, in some ways so um really cool world. yeah <laughs> you know what you just mentioned keys and the amount of time um the amount of time that i had to fuck around trying to find fucking keys and switches mm. i was like the fuck yeah. am I, I mean, going? Key, yeah. I mean, key, keys is a, a classic device, isn't it, for level progression? And you know, the further you go into the game, you, the more keys you've got to find. I think the first few levels, it's just one, maybe two keys. By the middle of the game, it's you've got to find you know the, all three keys. By the million necessarily keys. in the right order. I think in Doom, I think it was always blue, yellow, red, or the order of the keys was the same. But I don't think Duke had that. It was, you know, sometimes it'd be the yellow key first, sometimes it'd be the blue key first. So you kind of never had an idea of true progress. But yeah, again, but it added to the reward factor, I thought, when you did find it. And some of them were hidden behind switches, right. secret doors, all that sort of stuff. You say that. I say when I'm on a limited time frame of getting this shit done, I'm like, give me the fucking keys now, dickhead. Where is he? Where is he? Who's got to use a cheat if you, if you lose your patience with it? I'm sure there, there's a set of cheat codes tucked away for all weapons all keys cheat codes who remembers them oh that's been yeah. a revive or die topic that must be a revival i must have done that oh god yeah mate cheat yeah yeah i used to download cheat codes off the internet i have a little piece of printing off paper Ooh. get my dad to do for me cheat codes gta the gta cheat codes and the sims cheat codes are what i always remember to this day rosebud colon semicolon as many of those as you needed per thousand simoleons um yeah, yeah. God, long live the I'm, cheat code, man. I am opinion. not doing the Sims. You can fuck off. Oh, that's I'm... PC only. You'll never do the Sims. No, I will never do the Sims. Although, oh, yes, we did do Theme Hospital, but there was a PlayStation port. I just refused to play the PlayStation port because of the interface before we go. <laughs> now, no, no, no. You've made your position. I'm not going to push the agenda, but um, I'm glad you will not, at least partially. Although, in I'm reality, guest, I'm a guest on your, I'm a guest in your domain, mate. I know my place. In, in reality, I kind of wish I, if I was going to play this, I wish I had played it on the PC because that seems like it's the way to have gone. Because the problem, the main problems I'm going to have with this is the fact that at the time this came out on the N64, I was looking at the time frame. Bond was around. Yeah, and I was like, "Fuck this game!" I I love Goldeneye. I I I absolutely again one per episode. I'll suck that thing's dick. 
and all day long and I will not stop sucking that like a game stick because it's spectacular. But this game, I know it's an old game, feels so old. And as I said at the beginning, it's very easy to compare the two because it is. And as I've grown up, predominantly mainly on Bond and shooters going forward, playing Duke now, yes, it's got some charms and yes, the guns feel great. But at some point, like, fuck, this just looks ugly and it hasn't held up at all. Mm. The um, the sort of version I played, I would seek out, I mean, it's probably less, much less inclined to do it now because you've given it a playthrough before before this. But um, if you do get the appetite to in, in future, have a look for that um, 20th anniversary edition on the PS store because that yeah. is in all its glory. You know, it's everything. It's, it's the music, all the weapons, even the additional appetites where there are new enemies and new weapons um things like that so um i would recommend giving it a crack on there i think it's like a tenner or something like that so it's not going to put you oh, it's not that on much. the street it, it, it but, amazes um, yeah. me that we because we know there was is it duke nukem forever was that was that the one on the ps that was the one that it's, it's recently i think the original source code for that has, a, has leaked quite recently and, and people are now getting their hands on it it was a an unfinished project, I think, that well into development hell. Yeah, really. Um, and never got finished. Um, I, I think. No, I think did. it was slated for like 2011. No, it got finished. Did it get? Oh, there's another one that I think either an early version of. I know. Uh, or finished. Hang on. Have a look. Have a look. Look, a game did get released eventually. Duke Nukem Forever. It yeah, did get released. I don't released. think it was. I don't think it... 2011. It came out for yeah. PS3, Xbox. Um, okay. But it... How did it land? Oh, not. It, 5.5 yeah, 5 from IGN, 54 Metacritic. I think the problem was... Not a great follow-up. And again, I looked at this for a bit of research because I remember this development hell is that they tried to do too much, but hmm. because it been, it basically took so long, it was that other games have already done the shit it's yeah. doing. Yeah, yeah. Similar to what we were talking about with um, Attitude the last time we spoke, you know, yeah. that was in a, a foot race with other games on other platforms and was just too slow and... and you know, a couple of reasons why that was the case with Owen Hart and, and things like that. But yeah. Um, yeah, at that time, there are so many competing games of a similar capability on, on you know, similar consoles all trying to find their way. And, and yeah, if you didn't get yours out first or it didn't have something significantly different about it that really set it apart, then yes, you were going to really struggle to cut through. And I think um, you know, GoldenEye is, is almost like that... that that seminal N64 shooter, isn't it? You know, you yeah. would definitely put that above Duke, but Duke Nukem's definitely got stuff that GoldenEye hasn't, you know, given the yeah. nature of James Bond and, and that whole character and what Duke offers. But um, yeah, I, I agree. There are, there are pros to this game. Don't get me wrong. There are pros. And I think that had that, you know, 90s PC charm. And I think if you love Doom, if you apps, if you love yeah. Doom and you will like Duke Nukem, there's no way around it. I think if you're going from a Bond upwards to then suddenly going this, you've got to have that mentality. If it is like plays like an, a new early '90s shooter, you've got to have that mentality. Um, unfortunately, I think maybe I on my mind has just been too shifted by you know what was there. But I well, you know, I keep thinking, will we see Duke again? And I don't know if we ever will. Um, because people will probably complain he's a sexist character. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't. I mean, I mean, they they released the this twentieth anniversary edition of. I'm not sure actually when it would have been 2016, 17. If if they're in line with when the original Duke 3D came out. So, mm. but yeah, you, it would hit heavy. Obviously, it would probably end up being the Nintendo version. <laughs> the Nintendo oh, version I, is in, in some imagine. ways ahead of its time. <laughs> it would get. 
like the idea that there's yeah. strip clubs. Well, there's people that you can go on peep shit. What's saying that? You've got GTA. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It, it, part of it is is are you willing to look at it through the lens of when it was first created? Um, yes, we can always go back and retrofit things if if something quite doesn't fit the social and cultural norms of today. Um, but you know, the game was 25, 20, 25 years ago. Um, and you know, some stuff in there, you know, probably not, not ideal, but um it made it what it was in, in some ways. And and you know, beneath all of the alpha um sort of characteristics and behaviors duke nukem was i mean his, the whole the whole conceit of the game is saving women from the aliens yeah. no 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 um, not women babes oh ba- <laughs> babes i stand corrected but yeah yeah so i mean the whole concept of it is saving but the, you know the babes from um alien invasion and i think um you know in the n64 version you were specifically rewarded in a way that was different to the PC version. So we got to episode two um, and you're in space and you're kind of, you know, fighting back against the aliens after they've initially invaded Earth. You're going into their backyard and and yeah. they've abducted, you know, some of the Earth's best babes for one of their word. And um, you bump into them um, kind of when you get to the late levels where you're actually in their sort of domain and they're encased in this sort of like green shell and they're obviously being mutilated or something and i think in the n64 version you um press the action button and you kind of zap them away and you yeah. save them and i think that adds to your i think it's your, literally i think it is called your babe score your babe, babe saved score, score yeah it says babe level. saved babe saved. yeah but on the pc and the other versions um that isn't the case and and it's they use it in a different way so there's a i mean uh, we can talk about some of the cultural references in, in a minute because there are so many from a similar era, which again, was another, another differentiator and another thing that gave me a more than one wry smile over the course of the playthrough. But um, you actually press the action button in front of one of those women who are, you know, been abducted and are either being transformed into an alien or something. And they just say, um, kill me. And it's like, that's like a nod to aliens. Yeah. That's yeah, Sigourney yeah, yeah. Weaver and aliens, which again, really cool, but you have to kill them. to kind of put them out of their misery. Oh, wow. Rather than save them. You just, you know, you, and you don't get any, you don't get any reward or score or anything. It's not a babe score, babe saved or anything like that. But it's like doing the right thing, I guess, in for want of a better word or a better phrase. Um, so yeah, interesting kind of how that's different. Again, probably part of that Nintendo censorship piece that you can't be seen to that's, be shooting up. That's <laughs> dark. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, I suppose alien invasions aren't meant to be a walk in the park, are they? Yeah, so I think definitely... Um, can't finish this without mentioning a few of the cultural references and i think there's so many i'm not going to try and list them but i think a they again were another real differentiator and really kind of set duke apart but so in touch i think with the time i think as well we mentioned that aliens one already um you know whether it be film references um i think going back to the um red light district level level two with the strip club um i think earlier in that level when you're in the bar um, if there's all these Easter eggs, just such you know, great details. And if you look at the TV or the TVs in the bar, um, they're showing a car chase. And it's a white car with um, a lot of police cars behind it, which is a nod to um, the OJ Simpson um, you know, oh, really? car chase. Yeah, yeah. It's the attention to detail is fantastic. And you kind of see that sort of stuff and you just think, yeah, that's, that's really clever. That's, um, that's clever. It's fun, isn't it? It's cool. Um, the and, and I think some of the um 
I think the character of the developers as well shines through, not just in stuff like that. Um, and again, I think so, something that probably partially, um, you know, so Duke's character, the way the game's pitched, all that sort of stuff, probably gave uh, the developers a, a kind of a bit of an opportunity to have a bit of sort of intra-developer banter you know, through their games. And I think in uh, episode three, so this kind of last render of the game, sort of Shrapnel City onwards, there's... Um, a level, I can't remember the name of the level um, off the top of my head, but um, there's a kind of a reference to the software makers behind Doom and Quake. You see a building called East Town Towers, which is a direct kind of nod to ID software. Oh, that's cool. Um, I think, I like yeah, so nice bit of sort of intra-developer um, banter, which again, I think no other game sort of really did or, or, or did well at, at least. Yeah. Um, and yet, you know, so many others, I think you... Um, whether it be sound bites or, or things that that Duke says, just lovely kind of subtle little nods or again Easter eggs, um, really um, made it feel as though it's in some way sort of rooted in reality. Obviously, it's not, and, and you yeah. know, alien invasion, all that sort of stuff, very quickly takes it away from that. But um, there is an, a nice sort of chord back to you know planet Earth and, and kind of the world that we live in with stuff like that, which I thought was really cool and. Yeah, it's just, I thought at the time, it, you know, technology um, allowing, you know, or what was, you know, people were capable of and not capable of at that time, I thought made the most of what they had to, to deliver a few of those little kind of nods and, and little laughs in a, in a really cool way. Um, yeah. And I don't know how you feel about, um, just before we wrap up, just on the level design, we talked a little bit about how kind of vast and cavernous some of the levels were. We talked a bit about kind of, you know, up and underwater and things like that, but even some of the um obstacles and things that you needed to kind of you know use or take advantage of to get through levels i think was again another the fucking claw um, kind of, fuck you claw yeah the, the um the conveyor belt and the claw like the fact that you had to you know there's that kind of you know thought process of working at how do i get past this this stage of the level you have to kind of watch the level operate kind of all on its own without you even doing anything to kind of get an idea of okay maybe i need to try that um so really, I think intuitive and, and quite clever little nods to, you know, where you need to go to progress through through the level. Um, that same level with the um, I think toxic dump it was with the, you know, where you get picked up by the claw. You also have to let yourself get shrunk, don't you? Um, and you run through the kind of the kind of the gutters or the, you know, the little vents to get through to a server room or something like that to flick a switch that um, will then open a door elsewhere on the level. Those sorts of things, again just takes that little bit of extra thinking. And again, these are the things that sort of Doom didn't have. Um, yeah, so, and I really thought that was cool for, especially for the time. Um, there's one other um, really cool, uh, so there's the, the, ro the rotating turbines and you kind of had to time the way you got through. And again, the elements of, you know, it's not strictly FPS, you know, it's sort of elements of other, you know, role-playing games really in, in some ways that you kind of have to kind of pull in in, in yeah. some ways to, again to navigate the levels and stuff like that and um you know the level of interaction with the environments was great as well to the point where you switch on lights to um illuminate rooms that would alert enemies um you could kick um fire hydrants i love, love the fact you could you could kick in sinks and toilets and urinals and drink the water to get health off and stuff like that you'd off. only get one percent per time but you know if you're on like ten percent and you've got no health left you can pace. sit there lap you can sit there lapping at toilet water or a broken urinal and get yourself back to 100 percent if you really needed it, it out. Um, if yeah i mean not I, not ideal obviously but um 
again, you know, another sort of interesting sort of quirk of, of levels and, and things. And I so said, if you're playing on a high difficulty as well, I mean, I, I played it on uh, Come Get Some, which I think was the third highest difficulty out of the four. Yeah. Plenty of deaths in there, um, more than I'd have liked and, and more than I enjoyed. But um, you got to use everything at your disposal. And um, yeah, it gave you those opportunities to get through levels. And, um, you know, if you found a toilet, you're like, oh, my God, get in there. And, you know, before you kicked it in, you could use the toilet if you wanted to. So you press the action button again, be like, ah, that's better. It's really, <laughs> that was sort of hilarious. Fuck Stuff me. Like that. Well, I know, again, you know, that level of detail and again, this makes it more, all that more immersive. And um, yeah, for me, definitely kind of carves its own niche and, and its own place amongst that, you know, plethora of 90 shooters for me, especially. And what a way to finish on Toilet Piss. Awesome. So if you That's, had to score yeah. this out of 10, what would you do it? Or I thought I would say, I think even with my nostalgia glasses firmly on um for this one I, I still think it does date and last quite well um so i'm gonna give it an eight and a half see i'm going lower i'm going five and a half Ooh, but again brutal. that's maybe my own bias i'm f- sorry that's it's brutal. just i know yeah, it's no, brutal everyone's entitled to their own opinion but even, um, yeah no I, I'd, wrong... I'd go quite high i'd go quite high with them well i feel bad because i've got to suddenly go because i have a child who needs to go but dan as always thank you very much for coming it's really been good fun to see you yeah likewise mate it's been a pleasure and really appreciate you back on your feet and um yeah here's to good health oh thank you you take care mate take care have a good one speak to you soon And that was Duke Nukem 64, and that was episode 33 of Retro Wars. Thank you very much, everyone, for joining. I hope you've had a good time. Thank you very much, Mr. Dan Cole. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Until next time, I'll see you all next week. You take care of yourselves. My name's been Daniel Carroll. Take care. Bye-bye.